Welcome to the Paperless Movement Podcast. I'm Tom Solid, your host, and I'm so excited to share another thrilling episode with you, where I deep dive into the digital productivity space together with my guests. As usual, this episode is not sponsored. However, providing you this value for free is only possible thanks to all of you who are part of the Paperless Movement membership. You allow me to stay independent with my opinion. But also as a member, you can join these interviews live when they are recorded for a chance to ask your own questions and you will even get access to chapterized video versions of this and previous episodes. So if you'd like to become a member eager to max out the full potential of your digital productivity system, check out paperlessmovement.com. And now, without further ado, let's dive into this chat. All right, everyone, I'm really excited for another live member call. And this time we have Rhonda McCown. Excited to have you on the show. You might realize already Rhonda and me, we know each other for a while already. And this is because Rhonda is one of the very first members of the membership that I launched two years ago now. And she was the very first person who commented on my very first YouTube video. So this is how long Rhonda is with us already. So this was in 2017 and she grew with the paperless movement. And I love it to get feedback from, from members and see how they improve their own systems. And I learned from this certainly as well. So Rhonda, thanks for getting on the show. And I'm really excited to see what I can further help you with. Maybe you give a short introduction to who you are and what you do. And I'm extremely honored to be on your show. I was, I was mentioning to you that you are a family name around my family. Everybody knows who you are and we're looking forward. Hopefully you'll, you'll come to the States. But again, my name is Rhonda McCowan and I am a corporate safety manager for 18 years. I've been involved in the industry far more longer than that. However, I have graduated in my role from a, a level where I didn't, did not have, you know, responsibilities to, to keep track of things or to for projects to a position now well where I am responsible for it could be multi-million dollar projects or multi-million dollar programs and to ensure the success of those programs for a a big company and so you go from writing down things in your notebook and trying to remember to a different level of task management, if you will. It almost isn't a task management, it's, it's a time management. And so there are so there are many levels, Tom, that you go. And yeah. I'm, at, I'm at the point now where it's, I'm almost ready for a change, but I will put a plug in because you know, it, it is true, the paperless movements and getting basically hooked up with you and learning about the digital journals. It's, I start, I've tried probably what, 50 programs. I know you and I've talked a lot apps, everything, and to educate myself on the best method and why. I think the whys are so important on why it's best for me. It may not be best for you, but if mm -hmm. you could learn the why it's best for me, then it help you understand what that program does. But on a daily basis, I have to manage my time effectively or I'm not being effective at all in my position and my job or helpful. Yeah. I love that. You're at the point where you realize that it has to work for you. And this is already where a lot of people struggle with because they see all these highly effective or highly productive people on YouTube or in the job and the busy people around them. And you always feel like 
you're not getting anything done. But in the end of the day, we are all in the same boat. That's what I'm saying. I'm part of the paperless movement as well as you. And we might be on different parts of the boat, you know, we fought our way through this already a bit further and we have a bit more experience than others. And so we drag the others along to get at the same level. But it is still a continuous improvement and it will never end. So vision that you have this one and only productivity system that will just work always the way you want it. This is just a dream. If you have one task a day, this might work very well, but as soon as you start project management and you're managing several projects in your day job, as you do Rhonda, and then you have a private life and you have some projects on the side and you might be have a side hustle as I had for several years. So two businesses, the corporate job and the side hustle and things like that, then it becomes really a challenge to to get all this running and i didn't even start with managing a team but it comes down to single source of truth and you slightly mentioned this as well but, but i want to stick to to the thing that you said about you find so many things and then you pl apply to your own system this is really the the most important thing isn't it so for getting things done is a typical example where people say i try to apply this to my world for two years and i'm still failing and i said why do you try so hard. I applied it to my world as well, but maybe only 10% of GTD is part of my productivity system. It is just the things that matter in my life. So how is this about you? Well, I mean, oh my gosh, you just, you just hit it. I think a couple of years ago, I mean, through knowing you and, and my other things that I'm doing, we're evolving, we're maturing in this. And, and you're correct. You, you think that there's going to be one app and whether whatever it is, Notion or whatever it is, and then it becomes your job to manage that app to help it manage your life. And that becomes like another person you're watching over instead of something that's supposed to help you. The one thing to keep in mind, and it's for me too, is that there are constant changes, whether it's in your personal life or your work life. And so what might work for Tom doing his workflow, which will go through maybe five or six anim animations. I, I was looking through there for automations and it's crazy what works for him. It may not work for me, but I can take conceptually, I have to remember it's the concept of what he's trying to accomplish. So that's the key in understanding what works for you. But once you start looking at something, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Evernote, it doesn't matter. If you notice that you're putting so much effort into something and trying to fit it in, walk away, but figure out what part did fit in. Because Tom mentioned, there's not one app that's going to satisfy everything. And like I said, we're in a world of constant change. And so even policies change, everything changes, your business changes, how you do things change. Technology changes a lot what you're doing. And it's so important to keep up with the technology and especially what Tom talks about and automations and, and workflow, but it is constantly changing. And that's part of the I-Core, right? Yeah. That's part of the I-Core yeah. process. And that was one thing that you have to keep in mind. I don't think anybody. Yeah. For the listeners who don't know about I-Core yet, it stands for Input Control Output Refine. And this is exactly addressing what so many of my members and you included Ron, told me over the past years, all the one-on-one -on -one calls that I had, it always came down to the basics, to the basic understanding of a productivity system and how it works end to end instead of the tool. And we are still forced seeing all these shiny objects that will be the solution to everything in your life, which is not. It's just a good salesperson telling you it will do everything for you. 
but they never implemented this in their own. So if you're a salesperson and you're selling a productivity tool and your company like ClickUp, for example, you're building a productivity tool, you're a development company. So you have really to listen carefully to your customers who might not be a development team using this, but real estate team or something like that. They have different needs. So they come into a way where they try to please them all. and. The iCore, to get back to this, the iCore was developed as a tool agnostic approach that it's a framework. It's just explaining you here are the gaps that you need to fill in order to have a running productivity system end to end. And I realized something when I'm creating the iCore course for my members, I need to show my system in this iCore framework, my own productivity system in the iCore framework. So I cannot keep it tool agnostic when I'm teaching it because people love examples. And as you said, I just need to ensure that the people realize going through this course, that this is not the all in one solution, the setup of my tools for their needs. So I will take care that I explain each different tool, why I put it in this position and what other tools you might replace it with to, to work in a different way. So yeah, love it. But there's nothing I can tell you, isn't it? <laughs> well, I think I can teach you. You already, you just... <laughs> <laughs> well, the one thing also is being being here and talking with you, you promote that when I'm thinking about as you're talking, I'm thinking about everything that I've tried. And, and the key, Tom, is that to ask the right questions of yourself. And before and when I first met you, we were going after every app. All right. We were trying out every app. Yeah. And but I was wasn't asking questions about what I needed. I was asking questions, what can the app do for me? Exactly. And that's reverse. I mean, you have to sit down and if you, I call it clearing the table, just wipe everything off the table and start right from the basics and figure out what would you like? What would make it easier for you? What are your your goals? And I, and, and that is so generic. People would ask me, what is your goal? And I'm like, what are you talking about? What is my goal? My goal is to manage these programs effectively. They save lives that, you know, we save money. I, I have a job to do and there are many people depending on me to do my job right. So I need to be specific in what I need. And I, I want to give an example. So right now I have, like you do, Tom, I have a second brain and then Obsidian. I've tried using Obsidian for task management. I've tried writing programs to put into plug into Obsidian to make it to what I want it to do. And I've realized that it's best suited as my single source of truth for my second brain. So it has some great attributes to it. I love it. And I've just come to that conclusion. So I come to that because you, you tried it first to make it work. And then you realize that what you're trying to make it work for doesn't really work well for that, but it works well for something else. And the other thing I've, I've really noticed about is that distractions are a big part of my world. I'm in the safety world, right? So my day does not always go as planned. So I have a lot of distractions and I have, I do have calls, but it's, it's kind of all over the place. And so I was thinking I need a smart calendar and where I could put in a project and a task and let it and put in everything that it wants and then let it tell me. Rhonda, this week you don't have time or there's no way you can commit to this project because I'm, I might be somebody that has a hard time saying no. So that's another, it's another call. But I was thinking that would be something so beneficial. So I tried to make it happen and then realized that I can't do a two-way sync with my platform at work. 
That's just the way it is. It's uh, it, And it takes more time to manage than it does to help me. So I went away with that, but I still learned something from that exercise. And Tom, what I learned was I had all the answers. I was just putting it into a program and let it tell me, no, you can't do it. I already knew I couldn't do it. And, or I, I learned that I should not take this call or, or take this disappointment. So what it's really come down to for me is reading the articles, but getting back to the basics, learning just a few concepts where I've learned, I love the fact that it's the most important task, the MIT. So this week, and this is not, this is not my concept, but this week I started implementing MIT. If it's MIT, then that MIT, most important task, and it could be a project, it doesn't matter, email, that gets done no matter what. That is something that's worth, I put a, a monetary value on it. So that way it's going to move the needle for me. How, how many yeah. of us have done these meaningless tasks where I might be helping Tom out, right? But yeah. I'm not moving, I'm not moving the needle in yeah. football, I'm not, or soccer, I'm not moving the ball down the road or down the, the field by doing that task for me, my goals, I'm not accomplishing them. So I have to keep that in mind. And, uh, but going back to basics and keeping that in mind is, is so helpful. That's a really good point that you brought up there. So if I call it MIT or priorities or prioritization, this is a real issue that I saw on many other YouTube channels they talk about, and we heard already experts in the interview as well, talking about this, you don't need goals. Okay, so this was already a discussion. I don't even set goals because you won't achieve that anyway. And uh, just, you know, it's an ongoing thing. I agree, it is an ongoing thing, but you need to have a direction. So if I'm in the middle of the ocean and I see an island there, which is my goal, and I take away the island, so which direction do I go now? Even if it takes longer to achieve, to, to reach the island, or maybe while I'm getting closer to the island, I see a much nicer island with a lot more palms on there during the way, and then I can pivot my journey to this other island. And this is what I call prioritization and we can, and agile, that's what I understand by being agile, that we don't have these strict deadlines, except that, so this is just what I implemented in ClickUp, all right? I was going through a lot of struggles recently as well. I quit my job, I went all in paperless movement and I thought, okay, now I manage everything the way I think it should do. And I overwhelmed myself and it was too fancy and too many things in my system. So I applied the KISS principle, this keep it simple, stupid, rip everything apart and really went down to the basics. And now I could say I only use ClickUp, but it's not the case. I'm using still several tools. And this is what I talk about, the definitions and conventions building. And so my system right now really depends on priorities. So I deleted all the due dates because most of them were overdue anyway. I edited the priorities and I swallowed my own pill, the medicine that I'm giving to my members all the time. And I applied it to myself, which is giving my priorities to conventions. And this means a high priority is a goal-oriented priority. So this task, if this is finished, it goes towards a goal. Then we have these normal priorities, which is just the nice to have stuff, optimization, for example. So whenever I'm, I'm running in a, you know, have nothing to do, which might never happen, I could fill the gaps with something else. But if you have a team, maybe they run into gaps. And I had the issue giving my team members work because I was too busy doing my own work and just generated more work for me 
giving others work. So this is where I came up with this concept. So I say, hey, when you finish this high priority thing, just go for the normal tasks until I have a time to give you a new high priority task. And the low priority is just ideas. So we get it out of our mind. I know this is a great idea what I could do on YouTube and whatever, but it's no priority. And then we have these urgent tasks and the corporate I was working in for eight years, I only had urgent tasks. Sure. All over the place until, and this is where was the first time I implemented priority conventions was actually in this corporate because exactly what you mentioned, you're doing stuff for others, but you don't get your own stuff done. So I ask, what does this priority mean? And I set conventions and I said, if you send me a task, whatever system it is you're sending it from, we have these priority conventions. When you send me an urgent task, this means business will break. Whenever, if I don't fix this right now, then business will just stop working. And this is an urgent task. Everything else is project oriented or goal oriented, which is high. And I tell you, 80% of the stuff my team was doing in corporate was nice to have stuff, which was just pretended to be urgent because it was going towards other people's goals, but not my team's goals. And you come into a much stronger position having these conventions in place. You can send them along with your email and a signature and say, see, this, these are my priority conventions. And the next thing is filling up your calendar with blocks people don't see maybe, but always keep telling people you want something. My calendar is up to date. So please try to find a slot and maybe they find one and you leave, give them some opportunity. But this way there is no need to explain or excuse. It just shows them that you're organized in the calendar and that your things are up to date. And this is the reason why I synchronize my task with the calendar, which again is not as easy in the corporate. So yeah, it was a long talk here, but you trigger so much in my head when you tell it's, me that. that. Well, but I have to tell you is that one thing I, I want to caution everybody that's listening is that you may or may not understand what we're discussing. And it's only because we have, we have went through the, you know, the knowledge and the time to go through trying this and trying that and determining at the end, it's really about your needs, but none of it was a waste. And so I would encourage everybody to ask questions because if you don't know the concept or the why that you're doing something, how can you pick an app or, or pick whatever it is to help you if you're not sure what it is you know that you need? And I do time block, but here's the thing. When I block time on my calendar, I don't even follow it. I still take the calls. I still do a lot of the things. And then I write notes in front of me. But, you know, Tom, I have to define what is a priority because priorities change. Yeah. They change. So I have to define what fits in that category. And everything is an emergency to other people. Everything is urgent to them yeah. that needs yeah. to be done. And, but the thing is that you need to, to define to yourself. I have an, an a stick of note that says, this is what the tasks or the, the priority, this is what it has to mean. It has to be part of a project I'm doing or something that I am a hundred percent responsible for handling. And that if I do not handle it, it will be detrimental to my process or to my, to my project. And and, and I know a lot of times people talk about goals and they talk about tasks and, and a lot of those sometimes are just words. Yeah. You define, I don't even think about a goal. I, I don't even think about it because to me, goals is, you know, I better get out exercise and, and all that. But what I think of things is, wow, I need to get this done because it will help me 
get this other thing done. And so I actually sit there, Tom, and write the whys. I put this task or this call up ahead. But I do follow other things like in the mornings. I know I invest four hours in the morning. That is the best time for me to write a project, to write a paper, to write something that uh, do some cognitive thinking, some brainstorming. That's the best time for me. And after that, I usually try to schedule my calls. So I am aware of these different little things that I do, but sometimes it comes down to, Tom, writing things on my iPad with my Apple Pencil that I just lost and I had to buy another one and keeping it in front of me. And that's not archaic. That's not, I gave up and I, I'm not using ClickUp. I think ClickUp is great. It's just that the fact is sometimes you need to stop and think about, okay, I have a mess on my hands. My desk is really messy with all this paper in this mess. I feel that I'm not, I'm disorganized actually, and I don't feel good about it. And that's when you block your day and you sit there and figure out why am I feeling this way and what do I need to do and get back to basics. And then you start building from there. But that's the, it's never a failure if an app didn't work for you. You learn from the app. Absolutely. This is a real pivotal mo moment when you block this out and you say, okay, now I need to get things organized. I think many of us can relate to this and the uh, danger in this day when this happens is that we look for a new fancy program or tool that is there to help us. So I, you know, I'm talking from experience in corporate. I thought, okay, when I went digital, there was only Evernote and I thought I'm not organized enough. And then Asana came along and I know I set up this whole project management thing and all the custom fields and in my head, everything make so much sense. And then I forced the team to use this and Obviously they are not happy because they are not so tech savvy and they are not so excited about new tech, obviously, and especially not when Tom comes around with another new thing again, not again. So this is what I learned very late, actually, I think late to build a sandbox area in my life, in my brain, where I say, I'm still allowed to play around with these tools. I'm just happy to test out all these tools. But don't move all the information all over the place from one tool to another, just because you're in a reaction mode and you think everything becomes better because in midterm, everything will just get worse because you scattered your information once more or over different places. And I was at the moment as well, when I was moving houses, that I bought a paper bullet journal, just so an empty paper notebook, because I thought, uh, I mean, it's the paperless movement doesn't mean that I need to be paperless. It's about the paperless efficiency, but it was something that you mentioned as well, that you have it in front of you, the Apple notes uh, application. So you, everything that you have handwritten, it's a different sensation for your brain, seeing this and connecting to the task that you wrote down. And this is why when you talked about MIT, it's the same thing. You should write this down on a piece of paper and leave it on a table and you be reminded that this is the thing that you need to work on right now. It's a good concept. So what I did, I bought this paper notebook. I wrote down a bullet list of things that I need to do, a checklist. And then I drove 800 kilometers to the new house and I left the paper notebook 800 kilometers away. <laughs> and it was the final, the final point where I decided forever that I will never, ever use a paper book for taking notes, <laughs> but also especially tasks down 
Because if I would have done this in my to-do list or whatever other app it is, even the reminders app in Apple or whatever, I would have access to it. Even if I leave my iPhone, I just go to my iPad or my MacBook, I will have access to it. Even right. from other person's computer, I could access what I have to do. Now I was able, <laughs> needed to recreate this out of my mind. And it's just, this was the, the enlightening I moment. To, I don't mean to interrupt, but I was going to say though, but what you did was never a waste because in writing it down, it still was in your head and then you left. And now I just bet you'll come up with better concepts and better a to-do list. And I even I read an article where it says, stop making a to-do list, stop making. And so this week I even stopped, my life stopped with to-do lists. I, I now am working from a calendar. And yeah. my family even says, well, where's your big to-do list for this weekend? Because you can't function without a list. And then it got me thinking, why do I have a list? And so I want everybody to question. And Tom, question is, Hey, I know you're going to go back to a list one, one time. Sometimes you just have to. And one example is I had a high tech grocery app, right? So all the family used this grocery app. And if we needed milk, everybody would say, oh, I need this and I need that. And then when I would go, I would have everybody's wants. Perfect, right? But when yeah. I went to the store, I had no internet connection. <laughs> so I still love Bring. Is it Bring? Yeah, I know uh, the application. Our groceries. It was our groceries. Oh, our groceries. Okay, but I'm the, using the Bring, but thing that I same concept. Though, yeah, was it was a great concept. It worked perfect, but it really did it because I didn't have internet access at the store for some reason. And at and the, the same time, it. probability that you forgot to pick the paper with you. I think and it's. 50-50, that you You're don't have internet me. connection. I mean, you in USA, there's no internet connection. No, Where are you living? I don't... It was really... I'm in Germany. We know we are the worst when it comes to I internet know. connections. But I love that you, that you talked about lists now. And actually lists are really the enemies. You might have heard me saying a task list is infinite and a calendar is finite. And this right. is the time reason why we need to... Yeah, time is finite. Yes. So the calendar... The days and uh, the time we have to work is finite. So we have to connect this list with your, with our calendar. Otherwise it will just fill up with more things. And once you need to apply it to your calendar, these tasks in your list, then you realize, okay, they don't fit all into one day, for example. Now I have to prioritize these tasks and then you can group them into the different priorities. And then you think, okay, I have five high priority tasks. They still don't fit into my day. Now I split them over the different days. And I think really linking the calendar to everything, this is key. And obviously maybe I heard it so many times that, that the rich people and the big managers, they only live from their calendar. They don't have a task list. Yeah, that makes sense. But they have some business goals in mind. They know where the thing is going to. So this is a natural reaction. And it's the same for me when we talk about different things. It's automatic in my brain. Does it make sense? Is there a return of investment? Can we sustain this new thing? I mean, as you mentioned, we going through this and we learn from everything. I, I would never say that I wasted my time with anything that I was going through. But the Paveless Movement is here to share this experience so the time will be saved for others not going through this again. Some things you have to go through yourself because it's your own business or it's your own job. You know best what's going on there. And if this doesn't work, then pivot. But don't be disappointed or Or think desperate. you're a failure. Yeah, yeah failure. You're not a yeah. failure. You're a fa no. In my opinion, if you fail when you don't try. 
But yeah. in the papers movement, I'm glad you brought that up, Tom. I wanted to mention something. And, and it's fact that when you first started it and got me really thinking, the apps and the energy of the group and how it's grown. And, and even right now, what questions there's, everybody's asking questions ranging from something that I learned years ago from something that, wow, I, di I didn't know about. And it, it's a constant learning. So I want to put this out there is right now where I'm at is I'm monetizing every task. And what I mean by that is I'm putting a, a, a dollar figure. And if it's a million dollar task, that to me, that is something I must concentrate on and I must allocate hours to do in my calendar. No problem. I cannot use a lot of Tom's wisdom in his apps because I am constrained, constrained by policy issues with syncing. I can't. Absolutely. So poses to, to you and to the group. I am stuck on a Microsoft platform, which it's not bad. There are all kinds of programs. However, they do not fit with my personality and I, I have attention issues and, and not one all size fits all with, with Microsoft. And so I, I did find some apps, but I can't sync. So I gave it up, but I gave that up, but I'm not giving up trying to look for that app or the concept that will help me say, Rhonda, you don't need the sync. This is another method that I've learned. Yeah. That's what I that's what I am, the member of the paperless movement, and that's what I am seeking, that type of wisdom that I have not yet come upon. I, I know what I need. It's I would like to find the how. And I've written in the paperless movement, the how is gravy, right? The how is easy. And it is. It's just I would like to hear from others and, yeah. uh, and from you, Tom, and as far as the how. And you mentioned ClickUp. I think ClickUp is great, but you can't make an app that's for everybody. And there's nothing against an app. They've done everything they can and they're, they're making great strides. But, you know, there's things I need that they don't yeah. have. And that's just the Absolutely. way. Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, but anyway, that's where I'm at right now. And conceptually, yeah. it's I struggle with that on a daily basis and making, I guess, priorities. I really don't like that word because it changes, but making the most important task, the most important project, putting that out there because I have 50 items that people think are most important yeah. coming down on me. And I feel you. I worked eight years in this corporate with more than 300,000 employees and I was in projects on global projects. So several departments involved and everybody's using different tools. And this was before I left the company. I left at a good point because I implemented Asana for more than 600 people using it cross department wise. And there was no Asana before that. So how was I able as a normal employee there? implementing Asana for so many different departments. And this is two things there that I want to comment. One is you're in a real bad situation because I think it's the company who is in charge providing you the right work environment to be efficient. And if they buy a solution like Microsoft or anything else from a good salesperson, then they buy this tool, but no coaching on how to implement it so it fits your company and so on. Especially with these one-fits-all solutions, you need somebody who tells you, okay, these bells and whistles you can just switch off. You don't need them. 
So in ClickUp, for example, I could switch off time tracking and things like that. So it's not visible there. This is a good thing. So it's not distracting me that's even available. So Asana, at this point, I took over a team which was completely overwhelmed and one was coming back from burnout. And I had no idea how many projects they're working in on globally. So I needed to start collecting information, obviously, and that's what I did. And I picked Asana, but I could have picked any other tool as well. And I picked Asana, I collected the task, I was able to create KPIs and explain we need more people, I got more people. And I was a complainer, but I hate people who sit in a corporate and complain day in, day out, but they don't provide solutions. So either you complain and you explain why you complain and what you would think to change, or you just leave it as it is. This is what I saw. I was complaining, but I always complained in the higher positions with the KPIs at hand. And I say, look, this is the numbers that I collected and this is how I have the solution. So this is why I used Asana and we were able to make the priority conventions, the due dates and all this. And things started running smoothly in my own team. We were able to take on the projects that we really can fulfill and all this. And then I spread it over the other departments to increase overall efficiency between the different departments working. Because first of all, I have proven in my own team that we are very efficient with this tool. And then I explained, if you're using this as well, we have a single source of truth looking at the same task that we are both working on. Because at this point, and I think that's the same for you, even that everybody's working Microsoft, everybody has his own task list and own saying single source of truth or pro project book and sitting in the project meeting, you're talking about things and everybody takes note in their own systems and it's just so disconnected. Yeah. So this doesn't help you. <laughs> no, telling it, you it, right now. Right. But I just want to point out another thing that you mentioned with ClickUp. ClickUp is really the last tool that I would recommend to you. Why, why, why should you, as a, if you don't have your own business, why should you use ClickUp? It's total overkill. So this is also, I, I understand you because you have a lot of projects and tasks to manage. So you have the feeling that you need a high end project tool to actually fill this in, but then you're duplicating information again, which is available in your business side and in your ClickUp again, it's disconnected. You do this several times and you just created another friction, especially with ClickUp, you're not gonna, gonna be happy because it's not as fluent. So getting back to what you said in the very beginning, MIT, this is really the thing. And maybe not writing, if I would be you, not writing it down on paper, but having something like to do is, which is a simple task list, but only adding these MITs for the week into this list. So having this available all over the time, and whenever something comes in, you look at this list and say, okay, this is not done yet. And you have to work on this instead of trying to micromanage everything. I think this is, yeah, prioritization. Yeah. Perfect. And in fact, what you just hit on, and, and I want to just, just take a minute is to let you know that uh, I plan to go back to Doist. I right now was using the Microsoft to do. And yesterday you, you have all these folders and you have everything. So yesterday I deleted everything. And all I have in there is two deals. I guess you have to have one was my day and the other is tasks. And I even got rid of important folders because, and then I put in my MIT. Now you have a most important task. However, that task may be so general, you might have sub subtasks in there. So 
I think simplicity is so important because you're not looking at a mountain, right? You're looking at something that's smaller. And when I talk about projects that you made me think of something is I'm constantly, uh, I put these projects on myself as far as I learn about automation. I can make this easier for everybody if I do automation, if I create a bot, if I create this. And all of that is learning from you, from the paperless movement, from YouTube and educating myself on what would work for different things. So it's not settling. Well, that's just the way it is. No, I'm going to go out and seek my way to make things easier and to be effective in my position. And that's what I think sets us apart, Tom, and, and, and everybody in our group is that that's what we want. We're, we're trying to do something different, but simplicity and as that's what you're talking about is, is so important. Like amazing Marvin was great, except I, I just went crazy because there were so many choices. That's well, what I mean. It's not, it's not the best, but eliminating and just looking at what you need is, it's probably the best advice you, you could give to somebody that's kind of in the middle. I know I'll find something until it, that doesn't work again, because I'm constantly evolving. I'm constantly growing. We're all growing. Everything we learn, we're growing. It's a matter I, of fact, it's also exhausting. Um, if you, yes. if you, if you, it makes fun when you have a running system and you, you're optimizing when you're in this state, it's fun. But if you have a day job where you actually have to get things done and the, the project manager or whatever you use, is really just a vehicle, the tool to get you organized, then it's frustrating and exhausting. And I had no fun, you know, I want to get out my courses and all this for the paperless movement. I had no fun right now setting up my productivity system, although it should do fun, isn't it? But I, I was frustrated because I knew that I had my deadlines and promises to my membership. Where I said, I will produce this, I will produce this every week, a video on YouTube. And in the middle of this, I realized, okay, I have to recreate from scratch my productivity system and click up and everything and rethink everything. But out of this, again, it was worth it because the final ICOR course concept and presentation grew out of this. So all the experience I had there, taking my own pill again, I put this into this presentation live. Whenever I made changes, I wrote written this down and I wrote this down in Obsidian. And there's one more major thing that came up, which is the differentiation between personal and business related information. So once you see the ICO course, you will see that the different steps like control is split into personal knowledge management and business knowledge management and Obsidian I use only for personal knowledge management to enrich my own personality. So to make clarity about the things and then find the stuff easier, but business knowledge management stays inside the business, like SOPs or whatever is related to the business. And it's the same for task management. This is the reason I'm using Todoist for my personal task right. list. Why? Going into ClickUp, I see the task from everybody and everything is there. And yes, I can put views in there and show my own stuff only, but it is much easier to have a simple list that focuses on what do I have today to, to do today in a simple list. And this is what to do is narrows down as a, as a funnel from right. into, right. into to do is this being said you, in your situation, I would try to leverage what you have in the best way possible. So coming from the corporate, as I mentioned before, we were in the Google universe. So they switched from Microsoft to Google and I had to use what is there. And once you realize what there is and how it works and you understand the iCore framework, you can apply it to any system. And then you realize right. what is really the last bottleneck 
that is not working in your system. So you mentioned to do, uh, Microsoft to do. So I would really nail this down on the to do because this is the same as to do is it's just giving you a list and see for ways how you can integrate the other Microsoft tools that you get really the things that you need inside to do. Yeah. This being said, Plexi that I use for synchronizing to do is and click up also works with to do and synchronizing with other, any other tool. But yeah. as you said, the security issues and I, I have security a security allowed. Right. I simple. But I, I wanted to mention, and I want everybody, for me, it's good to keep this in mind, Tom. When, when you first started paperless movement, it was all about what, what you used, how you do things, but it was really never about why you do it. It was always, oh, I'm going to try this because Tom tried it. I'm going to try this. This is the difference with the iCore framework. My friend, yeah. this is why going back to basics and I'm going to reread and all that. The iCore framework is not a what you use, in my opinion. The iCore framework, in my opinion, is all about concepts, the concept of why you're doing what you're doing. And then you can always pick the avenue, the, the how, but it's why you're doing it. And that's what iCore brings. And in fact, I was mentioning iCore to my friends about it over something that is not even work related and it could the the framework could be applied to any any situation to anything and that's the deal that's the deal breaker that's the groundbreaking of icor is the fact you're not telling people will this work best for me what you're saying is this is why this framework is the best and this worked best for me because of this and we could always give examples of what to use but really, it's this whole 45 minutes, really, Tom, is I think right after this, I'm going to go back and reread everything in i because I really need to get, I call that back to basics, my friend, and I need to get back to the basics and the framework. And that concept is something that is just priceless. So thank you for writing that. I appreciate this feedback, Rhonda, and I can't wait to to show you the final version of the course then. But what I want to add there, this was really for me the pivotal point last year, 2020, November, one year exactly ago, where I created the iCore framework or I launched it or mentioned it the first time. And this was really the result talking to the members and seeing the comments on YouTube. When I talked about NodeShelf as your handwriting note-taking app, and then I presented Notability and how this could be used, I had always in mind that I'm just showing that there are different opportunities that might work better for different people. But I received complaints in the comments. So you told me to use NodeShelf. Why are you using Notability now? And I thought, okay, this is really going a complete wrong direction. I need to start at the basics and the paperless movement, the name itself just says it already that we have the foundation. So with the paperless movement, we started the basics explaining why we need this. And once you realize the different points and the tools that fit best to you, then we have the partner experts inside the membership like Leila Pompa for ClickUp or Stacey Harmon for Evernote and more coming, where I can then say, if you really want to have Evernote as your knowledge management system, this makes sense. And then go to the partner expert who are really the experts in the tool. And I want to not to be another course who teaches you my system in Notion, highly complex, 
that can be applied to any other business as well. No, I might send you to a person who is really the professional or has a concept in Notion that would work. But first we figure out if Notion is really the right tool for you or not. And this is, this is our vision and mission there. So Rhonda, thank you very much for all the nice words. So we didn't find this before. <laughs> no, it, 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 it's my honor. And I'd love to see you take something from knowledge base to an application base. And that's exactly what you've done. And uh, thank it's you very much throughout the corporate world. So thank you so much. Tom. So excited to have you with us and we speak soon in the community again. And certainly we have, we will have a follow-up interview there. I think this was value right there for everybody out there. Have a good time. Thanks, Tom.